Hello, everyone. This is Amy Porterfield from the Online Marketing Made Easy podcast. You're listening to the man who's trained more people to podcast than anyone else in the world, Cliff Ravenscraft. He is the podcast answer man. Are you ready to take your message, your business, and your life to the next level? Want to learn from someone with more than a decade of experience, training tens of thousands of people from all around the world? Hi, Cliff. This is Pauline from Auckland, New Zealand. John from Calgary, Alberta. Amy Porterfield. Michael Hyatt. Dan here from Dunedin, New Zealand. Ray Edwards. Mark Mason. Mike Stelzner. Pat from Smart Passive Income. It's Darren from Melbourne, Australia. Whether you're looking to launch a podcast or build an online business that allows you to do the work you love, you've come to the right place. Podcast Answer Man presents The Cliff Ravenscraft Show. Now, here's your host, Cliff Ravenscraft. That's right, my friends. Welcome back to another episode of The Cliff Ravenscraft Show. You know, a couple weeks ago, back in episode number 514, I started something, and that is... My Big Leap. <laughs> I have been obsessed with this book, The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. But what you may have heard as I've talked about the book, The Big Leap, the reason I first heard about this was from my friend Dan Miller. I'm currently on my second pass through the book, taking very extensive notes as I go through the second time. I should have that wrapped up by the end of this week. But I'm still going to spend the entire month of September devoting myself to really digging deep into all of the concepts that are in this book. And I want to have conversations with some friends of mine that I believe are going to be insightful conversations. And I felt like the first person to start with was my friend Dan Miller. I have some other ones already scheduled coming up soon. Let me just say some exciting additional conversations about The Big Leap coming up in the future weeks ahead. But uh, right now, I got to share with you the man who first told me about this book in the first place, Dan Miller. Here's the conversation I had with him just yesterday. Dan, I am so excited to have you on here, the Cliff Ravenscraft show. I think this is the first time you've been on the Cliff Ravenscraft. You've been on the podcast Answer Man before, which is the old name of this show. But I think this is the first (laughs) time you've been on since it's transitioned into the Cliff Ravenscraft show. I think that's right. You know, it's funny to think about that because you and I talk so frequently and it's like the work that we do overlaps so much, but to specifically be on your show, I think this is a first. Actually, it is the second because I tell the story to people all the time. One of the first times I ever set a goal for myself, which is, it sounds ridiculous to me today because I'm so big into setting goals and how to accomplish every single one of them. One of the first goals that I ever set for myself when I learned the process of how to achieve a goal, which, by the way, is to, number one, believe it's possible, number two, write it down, number three, tell others about it, and number four, work the plan as it becomes available. The first time I heard that, I said, okay, we're going we're gonna to give this a shot. One of my first goals that I'm announcing to the world that I believe is possible, that I've written down, and I'm now telling you in my podcast, which was a different podcast than this, I said, one of my goals is to meet Dan Miller and to let him know how much of an inf- a positive influence his book, 48 Days to the Work You Love, has had in my own life and how I've been able to take that message and inspire thousands of other people. And I said, I don't want to just meet Dan like 
a ton of other people meet Dan where you stand in line after he's spoken at a conference and you shake his hand and he's going to give you his full attention while you're there in front of him. But he may not remember you out of the 150 people he shook hands with at that event. I literally want to have an opportunity to meet Dan and just to really stand out to him. When I announced this, what my goal was, I said, the thing is, is I would also love it if it would be possible to one day have him as a guest on my podcast. And I was like, that would be the icing on the cake. And if people go to podcastanswerman.com slash Dan Miller, that takes you to episode 140 of my podcast on December 18th, 2009, when you were last on the show. Wow. Golly, eight years ago. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. (laughs) That's amazing. What has transpired in that period of time? It's an incredible thing how much my life has changed as a result of, number one, just setting that goal to meet you. Yeah. And verbalizing it so that people heard it and all of a sudden the door started opening. I mean, it's just like you described in setting goals. When you believe it and write it down, verbalize it, let other people, you know, speak it out to the world. It's amazing how doors start opening to make that happen. Yep. And I'll, and real quickly, I all, every time I tell the story, I always want to give a shout out to Andy Traub because it was Andy who heard the podcast and within 45 minutes of me publishing the episode said, I can connect you with Dan. <laughs> uh, and since that time, a whole lot has happened in Andy's life. He lived in South Dakota at the time. And he was somebody that I had a fairly new relationship with. And since then, I've brought him way into the things that are happening at 48 Days. And he's moved his family from South Dakota right down here to Franklin, Tennessee. So, yep, when you speak those goals out, your life can change. Well, Dan, almost a year ago, I told you about some uneasiness that I had and and how I wanted to... I wanted to do more than just podcast coaching and consulting. And I, I told you that I really love helping people expand their mindset of what is possible and helping them become more of who God created them to be. That's, that's really if, if, and Ray was talking on his podcast today, if you won the lottery and money was no longer an object, would you still, what, what would you still be doing for work? And podcasting A to Z would not have been that, mm-hmm. but something else would have been, and it would have been this mentoring and coaching and helping people break through to new levels of success in their life. And that's when you first told me about the book, The Big Leap. Do you remember that conversation? You know, I don't really. Wow. Wow. The advice that you gave me is like, Cliff, for you to give up that niche of podcasting that you're so well known for, to broaden it out to this, you kind of you always need to have something that's a little bit more narrow of, of what it is that you're focused on, who you help. And I totally understand that. And one of the things that you had told me that you might want to consider is getting this book called The Big Leap because what you could do, you could be specifically targeted in your coaching on helping people overcome the upper limit challenge or the upper limit problem. I, you know, I now I do remember that. When you bring up that term, I do remember that. When you told me that you were telling me about this book and you were telling me about the concepts of the book, and I'm like, wow, that, that sounds exciting. And yeah, that's exactly what I want to do. I'm helping people. But I don't know if you heard recently, but I, I, I shared that I didn't get around to reading that book because I had mm-hmm. already had other books on my list to read. 
And I figured that when you explained to me the upper limit problem or the upper limit challenge, this is something that I was already familiar with. It's like, I don't need to immediately go read that book because I already understand the financial ceiling that people have. And when you make more money, you sometimes self-sabotage. And and so I felt like I had a pretty good grasp on the upper limit challenge. But Mm -hmm. this book is more about expanding in your abundance, success, and love. So it's success in all areas of life is, is this upper limit challenge. That's a book that has had a big impact on me. I got copies for everybody in my mastermind. We went through it. It's had a dramatic impact on some of the members there. But it's just a concept that sometimes we, again, on, on the surface, think, well, yeah, I understand that. But to really unpack it and how it's affecting us personally can be a pretty insightful process. I would love to know when you read this book, for the if you can remember the first time, what was it that you were doing or are still doing that's inside of your zone of excellence and where it's predictable and known and easily repeatable with the same results, which are great, but that thing was holding you back from your zone of genius? Wow, that's a pretty loaded question because I'm in the process of making some major changes right now. But I'll give you, and and are you going to uh, tell people a 30-second version of what the Upper Limit Challenge well, is? Sure. A 30-second version, real quickly, is go listen to episode 514 <laughs> and 515, the two episodes previous to this. But real quickly, the Upper Limit Challenge is from the book The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. And the Upper Limit Problem or the Upper Limit Challenge is that each time you progress through, especially once you get into your zone of excellence, you're repeatedly able to find success financially there. Things go well there. It's, it's your comfort zone. You could stay there and, and make a living for the rest of your life. But you may die inside if you abandon the true creativity that's inside of you of putting your, your genius into the world. I've been in this business for a very long time. And one of the things that we have done that we're known for are our live events. You've been here to our live events. We have this, you know, beautiful old barn that we converted into a place we call the sanctuary. It's on our property. There's a zip line, trails outside, mulberry trees, and all this fun stuff around. So we've been doing those for a long time. Well, I've been having these thoughts in the last couple of years about, well, here's an example. Our last event, they always run on Thursday and Friday. So I can have Saturday and Sunday free. So Joanne asked me on Thursday morning, just as the event was starting, it was sold out, packed house for one of our events. She says, you know, Dan, are you excited about this event? I said, yes, I am. I said, you know what I'm even more excited about? I know Saturday morning's coming. Now, what did I just relay? I just relayed, yeah, I'm going to do this because I know I can. It's predictable. It's profitable and all that. But man, what really excites me is knowing that on Saturday morning, I'm all by myself again. I can recharge and be regenerated. That's exactly what you're describing about. I was in that comfort zone, zone of excellence. People love coming to those events. And I've been doing that for a very long time. But I recognized they were the most emotionally draining thing I did in my schedule. They pulled me away from writing that I want to do. They forced me to be in a crowd, which is not one of my favorite things. I love solitude and being alone. And all these things were clearly lined up, but there was no real big motivating factor until about six months ago. About six months ago, 
I got a visit from the Williamson County Codes Compliance Director who came out. There was a beautiful article in the Sunday Tennessean front page of the business section about an upcoming event that we had called Innovate, where we have authors and artists and sculptors come with this beautiful event where we encourage them to follow their dream. And the writer of the article in the Tennessean, you know, talked about our success and this beautiful place we have called the sanctuary on our property. Somebody in codes compliance in our county saw that and said, we don't have any record of a retreat center at that property. They came out and visited me and told me without any hesitation, they could put tape over the doors, stop everything we're doing here because it's not zoned for that kind of activity at all. End of story. Well, that's an interesting kind of position in that it stopped something we'd been doing for many years, very successful, seen as something you know we're well known for in the business community. And now I can't do it anymore. But it also tapped into that inner voice that was telling me, you know what, this is in your zone of excellence, but it's not your zone of genius. I have been so pulled away from the writing. When I'm writing, taking books that are filled in my office, taking those principles and things that I've learned from talking to people like you and others, and then I'm assimilating those into form that will encourage and impact the lives of lots of new people who read it. That's where I want to be, and I've allowed all these things that are in my zone of excellence crowd out the very thing that makes my heart sing the most. Now, the interesting thing is for you, it's kind of like this zoning board or whatever has made some decisions for you. Can you tell me some other examples where, Dan, you felt the the kind of similar to the thoughts that you had, well, I, you know what I'm more excited about? That Saturday is coming. What are some other things in your business that you've had in the past that, are, that were in your zone of excellence, but where you felt like this is impeding my zone of genius and I need to shut it down even though it's successful, where you made the decision without an external force? Sure. Absolutely. One of the things I do in setting my goals each year, and I have my goals set clearly, seven different areas of my life, set by November 14th. That just happens to be 48 days before the new year starts, so it works for me. gives me time to enjoy the holidays, and it's amazing how much momentum you get going. Again, once you're clear on your goals, even before you think you're starting them, your mindset is such that you start getting momentum toward those. But One of the things I do in that process is decide what is the 15% that I've been doing currently that I'm no longer going to do because I don't want a business where I just keep adding things in that chokes somebody. I want to stay clean, focused, entrepreneurial, and the only way I can add new things is to make room for them. So I do that by eliminating 15%. But here's an example. A few years ago, I was doing leadership development workshops in companies. It was basically a three-hour debrief of the DISC personality profile. So I would go into companies like Deutsche Bank and General Electric and work with 20 of their leaders, do the DISC, and then we'd go through how to maximize their leadership effectiveness. I was getting paid $3,500 for those workshops. And in doing those with major companies, a lot of what I would do is do one in the morning and one in the afternoon, be available for leaders for lunch if they wanted, and just make it around $8,000 a day. So I didn't offer a discount for doing two of them. I increased it by $1,000 by being available in, in, in between time. So they were very profitable. I was doing that, and I got to a point, one of those November 14th, and I says, you know what? My heart's not in that. I know I can do it. The need is just insatiable. 
that is not my heart. My heart is not in corporate America to go into yet another building, go up to the 13th floor, you know, well, they probably don't have that, but go to the 14th floor and go in another glass enclosed conference room. You know, that's just not where my heart is. My heart is with, you know, the entrepreneur, the people who are starting, initiating ideas. And I took that off my schedule, said no more. I'm not going to do them anymore. That was a major deal financially, but it released me to move back into that zone of genius, forcing me to develop those things that really spoke to my heart more than just cranking that out day after day. I'm wondering, Dan, as I'm hearing that story and the fact that you do this every year, I'm wondering if there are some things that as a result of pursuing your zone of genius, you are creating something new, something that is exciting, something that makes you come fully alive. You're operating at your best, you're most creative. I'm wondering if within our zone of genius, we aren't consistently ongoing creating things that will eventually die into something that just drops down to becoming our zone of excellence. I imagine that you didn't just start creating those those workshops in corporate America so that you can earn a buck. I would imagine that was within potentially something as a pursuit of your zone of genius at one point in time, maybe. Am I correct? Oh, absolutely. You're absolutely correct. And And this is an ongoing process. This is not a one and done kind of process. This is going to change. And you're absolutely right. There are a lot of things that really stretched me initially that really, as we talk about in that zone of genius, there's a space called optimal anxiety. Ooh. I mean, if you're, if you're real comfortable doing something, you know, then you're probably in your comfort zone, not in your zone of genius. But there are a lot of things that I started that really stretched me. But in then doing it, it becomes something where I'm excellent doing that, where it becomes very routine and you move into that. Now, you could make a case for, well, isn't that what we want? Where everything we're doing is very successful, we're very comfortable, it's very predictable. But to, for me, wired as I am, that is absolute death. Yeah. For me to know that things are predictable. I, I, have, I have twice built businesses and stayed in them too long because they became very predictable in their success. That to me is not exciting. I want to be pushing into that zone in an area that is something that I haven't done before. To me, that's a necessary part of staying alive as a human being. I don't want things to be easy and comfortable. I'll, I'll sabotage it. Joanne, my wife, knows that. I'll sabotage it. I'll kill it in the head, even if it's you know doing well financially, because it just doesn't energize me. I have to be. Joanne calls me a three-year man, even to this point. She knows that something will keep my attention for about three years. So I use this principle very effectively in that because I'm looking for what is it that I've never done before? What is it that's going to stretch me and cause me to grow? But in the same time, stay true to my vision for my business to impact more people, to serve more people well. I love that. You said optimal anxiety. I think I remember reading. That's from the book, isn't it? Yes, it is. Okay, because I'm I'm actually on my second pass through the book. I'm actually going through and taking detailed notes at this time. Haven't yet got to that point again, but I do recall that phrase. and And for me, that's what I that's what I'm exhilarated by as well. When I left my career in insurance, I I had <laughs> I was definitely operating on optimal anxiety. I had tons of anxiety, but that that anxiety drove me to perform. It drove me to create. It I was just 
creating new things everywhere, exciting things. And a lot of those things really took off and, and led to a lot of the success that I have today. What happened was in January of 2016, you may recall I had this thing, I called it my year of identity. And I started to sabotage my podcast coaching consulting business two years ago. I do indeed remember. Through that process, I, all of a sudden, I, I said, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to stop calling the show Podcast Answer Man. I'm going to call it the Cliff Ravenscraft Show. And everybody's like, hold the brakes. <laughs> Don't, what are you doing? And I got so excited about it. It's like, and I'm going to start, I'm going to stop doing podcasting A to Z and I'm going to start pursuing some other things. And everybody's like, whoa, wait a minute. And I made those decisions without talking to people. I'm like, dude, this is what I have to do. And I told, except for talking to Stephanie, I talked to Stephanie and Stephanie was totally on board with me in January of 2016, Dan. Then I went to my mastermind group and I told them and they talked me out of it. And I'm like, okay, that, yeah, what you're talking about makes a whole lot more sense. I was excited for about three and a half days until I had my mastermind call. And I talked with them and I said, you're right. I need to, you know, financial, I need to create a transition plan. I needed to take this slow. I need to keep doing A to Z until I replace that income with something else. And, and Dan, it's two years later and podcasting A to Z still easily generates a minimum of $240,000 a year for me. And over the past two years, I haven't said it out loud to a lot of people, but inside I've, a little piece of me dies every time I do a session. <laughs> Well, you need to validate that. But I think some of the concern that some of us had in looking in was, you know, don't throw the baby out with the bath. You were so identified as podcast answer man. And what you were describing moving into sounded like it was pretty general. And our encouragement was make sure that you have something that identifies you as being unique as an expert in a particular area like podcasting has up to this point. Don't just erase that and all of a sudden you're one of thousands who's just another, you know, kind of life coach, find your purpose coach. Yep. You know, be clear on what that is. And I, I don't regret the past two years. Trust me, it's been a journey and I've been on the path that I need to be on. And what I can tell you is that I have discovered what that is. And and for me, it's the natural progression of, of my message. Now it's I want to help you create an online business around your podcasting efforts. There you go. And it still ties in and, and actually is a natural extension of the Podcast Answer Man brand. Absolutely. See, so, that's very clear, very focused, very specific, and beautifully builds on the foundation that you've already built. Not just walking away from something, well, it's over, I'm going to figure out what's, but just building on that foundation to move forward. Yeah. And as soon as I made the decision, I'm shutting down podcasting A to Z. By the way, I've had it on my list to send the marketing emails to my list for the last three and a half weeks and I've never done it. This was even before I read The Big Leap. I just had no, I had zero passion. But the thing is, is I knew I could send an email the week before and I would sell it out. It, I, I've got the email marketing campaign for all of that. It, it's a proven process. And then I made this decision, I'm not gonna do this anymore. I don't want to do this anymore. And then I, it started out with, okay, I'll probably end up doing two more this year and I might have to do two or three next year, but definitely none in 2019. And that was scary to even say that aloud. And then I'm like, okay, wait a second. I'm not going to do any in 2018. By golly, I've got all the things I need to do. I know exactly what products to replace all of that income with. I'm not doing any. And then I'm like, okay, well, I'm not going to do the one in September. 
<laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not going to do the one in November or in December. That's the one. The, I had one scheduled for December. That one's off the books. And then, Dan, I already, before I sent the marketing emails, I already had four people who paid $2,000 a piece. So I had the $8,000. And I'm sitting there all day on Saturday. I came in on Saturday. I'm going to finally write this marketing email and tell them that it's the final session of Podcasting A to Z. And for 90 minutes, I sat in this chair considering whether or not I should refund the $8,000 to those four students. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I, I'm moving forward and I, I did write the email. I will do fi- one final session of podcasting A to Z. And as soon as I made that decision, my mind is flooded with creativity. Mm. Fact when I got to think about this, Dan, I give in podcasting A to Z, I give people, un, I give 20 people unlimited access to me for four weeks. And quite literally, that is four weeks, Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. That takes up all of my time, effort, and energy. That's six months a year that I give my mm-hmm. life to those people, which has been, I mean, it's, it's, it's an incredible thing that happens. But wow, what if I freed up six months of my year to do something new? Mm-hmm. That initial anxiety was, oh my gosh, I'm throwing away a $240,000 a year stream of income guaranteed. But when I started writing down on the whiteboard all the different things I could pursue with that time, working less time as far as number of hours, and I can easily see how I can triple or even quadruple that income over the next two years. Well, I got that fateful visit from the code compliance director. I mean, this wasn't just an email or a letter or some, you know, low-level person. This was the director who came out. Say, I finally got him to sit down on a swing out here in my patio, and we talked about other things. So his volatility chilled out a little bit, which was totally unreasonable. But anyway, that's another story. But he was here on a Thursday. By Monday, Monday morning, we have our team meetings, 48 days team. By Monday morning, I had listed 10 things that would that, that drew on what we already have available to us. No new products or services, just drew on what we already have available that would easily duplicate that income. Yeah, and it got my attention. I was like, oh my gosh, these things have been here all the time, but I didn't have time to look at them because I was so drained by doing the live events that we were doing. Yeah. And the interesting thing is, too, of course, if you know, you know, Franklin, you know, the area that we are in here. Well, I had people immediately. Well, you can do them at the factory. You can do them here. You can do them here. There's 20 places I could do those. But that wasn't the solution that I was looking for. It wasn't just, okay, we can do them at another place and continue. The solution was, I've been thinking about this enough anyway. I need to see this as an opportunity to really take a fresh look at what my best moves are going forward. And the, you know, the crazy thing is, Dan, is for you, your zone of excellence and pursuing your, you know, taking the big leap into your zone of genius is, was to shut down those live events. And for me, my zone of genius right now is jumping into live events. There you go. That's uh, why it's an, on, it's an ongoing process. It's, this is not a cookie cutter approach for to decide what's right for everybody. That's where we get to be so individualized in our own path. And one of the things that I noticed is that I've been taking big leaps ever since I started this business. I was in my zone of excellence in insurance, 
And the big leap for me into creating my own business around podcasting, that was within my zone of genius and that creativity coming alive. And then I created so many different things over the years. You can remember probably the podcast mastermind when I came to you and I said, Dan, I want to create, I want to, and I told you, I said, my main purpose, I want to create a a brand new stream of income of $10,000 a month. And to do that, I'm going to create 10 different mastermind groups with 10 10 people Uh per group at $100 a piece. And you said, Cliff, I think that's a terrible idea. (laughs) And I said, I said, what are you talking about? You said, if your main goal is a $10,000 a month stream of income, why don't you create one mastermind group with 10 people who pay you $1,000 a piece? And the answer to that question, Dan, was my mindset at the time is that I didn't think that I was that I I was worthy of that or that mm-hmm. I had the value to offer to people. And the interesting things here, I'm actually going to be creating in 2018 two mastermind groups that are paid where I will have up to 10 people in each group pay $1,000 a piece. So mm-hmm. I'm finally taking your advice on that. But I, for two years... I was operating that that podcast mastermind that and you know yeah that was fun for 2 years. Well, no, it was hey. it was, fu- it was fun for 18 months and then it was miserable. It w- it was a miserable zone of excellence thing for the final 6 months of that for me. Well, that's the exciting thing about change. Change ought to give that kind of response to us where we recognize, you know, how exciting it is to explore new opportunities and in the space we're in, both as entrepreneurs and doing online business, my goodness, I mean, look at just the technology. We've got technology today, software programs that we wouldn't have dreamed of three years ago. But it, you better stay changing. I mean, we have to change. And the idea that getting things to a predictable sameness is a good goal is just wrong. It's just not. I have one last thing before we wrap up here that I want to ask you. And and I've been, <laughs> thankfully, I've inspired probably at least two or 3,000 people to buy The Big Leap, the book by Gay Hendricks, which is awesome. I'm sure he's going to enjoy that. But I've had tons of people emailing me, leaving me comments on my YouTube channel, uh, Facebook comments, all this stuff. And one thing that's coming up over and over again, it, well, actually, I want to ask you two things. Number, number one, Dan, do you believe that everyone has a zone of genius? Absolutely. Yes. I, I just, I can't fathom in my mind somebody not having a zone of genius. Okay. Yep. And and I heard Ray was talking about, you know, what about people who are paralyzed and but yet there are stories of Johnny Anna Erickson Tata who found her zone of genius and many of other people. And so I, I I agree with that as well. And the other thing is is what about the folks out there who are currently operating, let's just say they're doing work inside of their zone of competence. There is either as an employee or Maybe just they're in the season of their business where they're just now becoming competent at some of this online business stuff that they're pursuing. Mm -hmm. Is it possible to go straight from your zone of competence into your zone of genius? Or do you think that that it's required that you operate within your zone of excellence for a period of time or a season of time? Well, that's interesting. We're talking about semantics at this point. Certainly there's some overlap there, but I think getting clear on what that zone of genius would look like is a critical starting point so that you can identify what would that be? What is that really brings me to life? What is it that when I'm doing it, time just flies by? But one of the things we've got to kind of break an old paradigm is in thinking that when we're in our zone of genius, 
we're always successful. Mm. We have to embrace the idea of bumps in the road and stumbling along the way. I recently wrote a piece where I talked, I titled it Stop Being So Successful. But I talked about the NBA players, the top 10 NBA players for this year, this season, 2016-2017. They're being paid $263 million. So the average for those guys is $26 million, a little more than that. we got people like LeBron James in there at over $30 million, $30 million. So they're the very best in the entire world at doing what they do. Basketball players, the goal is to get a ball in that little hoop. If they're the very best, you must assume that they shoot and, and get 100% in. Well, no, you know, then eh, there's some things that are going to happen. You know, somebody bumps them. It's, maybe it's only 98%. You know what the actual shooting percentage is for those guys? I do. If you if you round up, it's 48%. <laughs> That's exactly right. It's 48%. Not even half the time are they successful. And these guys are being paid as being the very best in the world. To me, that's very comforting. So when we relate that to being in your comfort zone or zone of competence or even excellence, where you pride yourself on being successful 90% of the time, if you're successful 90% of the time, you are not in your zone of genius. You're not stretching enough. You're just in an area where you're comfortable. Things are okay. The status quo, you're getting by. Because if you really move into that zone of genius, and that's a real comfort to me, I look for things where I'm going to have a 40, let, let's just create a range. So 45 to 55% chance of being successful. And I've stated that for years that in setting my goals, I don't set things where I think I'm going to be a hundred percent successful being there. I set goals where I think I have maybe a 50, 50 chance of actually hitting it. So if I finished the year and I achieved everything that I set out as goals, I'd be mortified. I'd know that I set my goals way too low. I set goals that stretch me every year. So I'm looking for that 48% of the time being successful. That just sounds wonderful to me. I love it. Well, Dan, you're always an inspiration to me. And of course, I recommend every single person listening to our voice to go get the book, 48 Days to the Work You Love, one of the single most influential books in my life that radically changed my mindset about the concept of work. So again, check it out, 48 Days to the Work You Love. And also, my hands down, one of my favorite podcasts. I've never missed an episode in more than eight years. It's probably been about more closer to nine or ten years now. I've never missed an episode of the 48 Days Online Radio Show, which you guys can find in your favorite podcast directory. And Dan, I am so incredibly, incredibly thankful for your message and your influence in my life. Well, thank you, Cliff. I'm honored I count you as one of my dearest friends, uh, so it goes both ways, but uh, I share your message as well, as you know, but just the connection. I believe in this idea of synergy where we help each other. I don't do the technical things you do, but we can help each other because we have different areas of excellence, different zones of genius. It's been a delightful conversation. I hope it's moved some cobwebs for your listeners. Well, there you go, my friends. That was the conversation I had with Dan Miller, author of the book, 48 Days to the Work You Love. I can't even begin to tell you how free I feel to actually tell you that my final session of podcasting A to Z is coming up this coming Monday, September 18th. I was really concerned about the financial impact. If you go back and listen to episode 515, 
is like, how am I going to replace this $240,000 a year minimum income stream in my business when it's been a significant majority of my income over these years? And I got to tell you, I, I, I've got a whiteboard of, of products and services that I am so eager to unleash into the world. And just knowing that this is the final time that I'm going to be offering this course, it, it's, I, I'm just like, oh, this is good. I, the creativity inside of me, I'm literally having hard time sleeping at night because my mind is racing with new ideas and different ways that I want to approach these new products and services. I'm working out at the gym or in my own home gym here, and I'm trying to watch shows or I'm reading books or listening to podcasts, and I find that my mind is wandering as I'm coming up with all kinds of inspired thoughts that I could do with these new products and services. So I am so thankful for this book, The Big Leap, and I'm looking forward to sharing more insights with you and conversations around these concepts in the coming weeks ahead. Before I wrap up, let me just remind you that my next session of the Building an Online Business Around Your Podcast Efforts, the workshop, live workshop here in my studio, the Next Level Studio, is coming up on November 3rd and 4th. If you have been trying to generate a significant income from your online efforts and you have not yet got to the place where you are consistently, month after month, predictably generating at least $5,000 per month, I would highly encourage you to come to this workshop. We can help you uncover the pieces that you're missing to this online business puzzle. In this workshop, I will be sharing with you all of the things that I've learned through my own experience of building my own online business around my podcasting efforts, but not only will I be sharing my experience of the products and services that I've created and all of the different pieces of the puzzle that go into the framework of building your business, I will also be sharing with you in this workshop the things that I've learned from being in a close personal mastermind and friendship relationship with people like Ray Edwards, Pat Flynn, Michael Hyatt, Dan Miller, Michael Stelzner. I'm not sharing their personal details, but I will definitely be sharing with you the pieces to the puzzle that I've seen work for them. In essence, what you're getting in this workshop is the insights and principles and the step-by-step framework that has been developed based upon my experience working with some of the most successful online entrepreneurs who have built businesses around their podcasting efforts. Again, if you have been struggling to get your online business efforts to generate a minimum of $5,000 in business income every single month, come to this workshop. Let's get you on the right path. You can learn more and register today for the November 3rd and 4th workshop over at podcastanswerman.com slash next level workshop. I look forward to the potential of helping you take your online business to the next level. Podcast Answer Man.